This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Opinion Booth with myself, Sonia Booth. I'm hyped up. So much energy. I need to calm down because I was doing something in the studio with my guest today. Oh, let me catch my breath. All right. Okay. So in a society where we are taught to work hard, play hard, and always be the best, we are always raising children who want to be more of everything more beautiful, have better bodies, get higher grades and be the best they can be. Where's the balance in this type of behavior? Our task as parents nowadays is to raise kids to concentrate more and perform at their highest capacity. The underlying question in our minds is how can our kids come out on top? Our children are driven to maximize their highest potential. We live in a hyper-competitive world where being the best, smartest, fastest, sexiest is the goal. We are living in communities where the competition is not just arriving, but the competition is never ending. Every human being is now required to think about themselves as a currency or human capital. So many parents are so concerned about their children's potential abilities from birth as to what that potential human capital value will be in them. They are tending to the fear of failure with unnecessary and sometimes unachievable ideals, from playing Mozart in the womb to being in the best positions from nursery school all the way through their children's education, sport, curriculum, and even social circles with severe pressure that is usually fear-based. This fear is actually causing real anxiety conditions in our kids. We as parents and role models are leading by example, and these little eyes are watching our every move. What are we saying? What are we not saying? How are we behaving? Are we teaching them who they really are? Do they have the guidance, time, and wisdom to even find out? Way back when, people took drugs to check out. Now kids are taking drugs like Ritalin to check in. What kind of society are we creating? We are creating children who are becoming more and more depressed, anxious, and filled with self-loathing because they feel they will never be good enough. All around we hear stories of bullying and violence. When and how will this stop? Should we not be teaching them fundamental core qualities and values like courage, kindness, compassion, empathy, and the ability to love themselves and in turn see themselves as whole enough to love others, to know that we are all connected and are a part of a universe? Are we guiding them and supporting with the tools to find their creativity and passion, their purpose? From the time... My children were little. I made the decision to be unconventional and follow my own intuition. I tried to live my best life and kept saying, what am I teaching them with my choices and behavior? All I knew was that I had my honesty, a connection to my own divine flow to show them it's okay to fall down and show them how I pick myself up every time I fall. While we lie, speak, and live our lives against our own core beliefs, we are teaching them to do the same. I'm human, and my feelings are real. I taught my kids that their lives are real, their drama, feelings, and existence is everything. As I walk this road holding their hands, I walk beside them, sometimes just pointing in the right direction that I feel is right for them, giving them the courage to walk their own paths. Juanita Sparrow. Hi, Sonia. <laughs> Welcome to the Opinion Booth. I listened to that and I think, did I write that? You wrote you? that. Be- beautiful words. I mean, we, we need to have these conversations, right? Absolutely. And I just want to thank you today for the opportunity of being here. I first of all thought it was you trying to get me back for rugby, taking you in a soccer match <laughs> with a mummy. Oh, oh so, you, you, so you want to talk about it? No, no, no. Let's not you, go you, there. Okay. <laughs> You, you started it. I'm going to expose you. So here we are. Here we were because you're a soccer mom, right? We both yummy mummies. Mm. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure. No, 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 I, no, I don't, don't want to seem vain by calling myself a yummy mummy, <laughs> but I'll take that as a compliment from you. But you are 
uh, I can refer to you as a yummy mummy because you are hot. I mean, you should see this woman. She's got red lipstick on. I'm not sure who she's That's trying to power. tease. Our, our soccer moms all had red lipstick on and for power. Your you, team had, all of you had red lips. I insisted upon it. Women need to have some form of, of strength and power, even if it's just on their lips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So and vanity. Getting, yeah. You, you talk we're going to talk about that. Yeah. No. yeah we, 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 we're going to touch. We're going to touch. I on just that. think you felt guilty for running circles around us all. No, 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 advantage, no, my friend. no, don't. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me expose you seeing that you, I, I didn't, I, I wanted to leave it at that, but you brought it up. I mean, here mm. we were as soccer mums. Um, I'm not going to say how old, you know, how old the average person was on that field, but I was the oldest. It was supposed to be father's side, right? Yeah. But then I think there were like seven, seven of us. So soccer mums, so mm. our kids who play professional league, mm-hmm. a competitive league, we're watching, um, we're watching all the mums making Full of themselves, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I scored a goal, and you were not happy with me scoring a goal, and then you tried to rugby tackle me during a football match. Now, what I did was I ran towards you with extreme love, lifted you up off your feet, and just propelled this love towards you. <laughs> Is that what you call it? You're lucky I didn't fall flat on my face, eh? I'm so lucky, but I knew you wouldn't. You, my daughter was running like a fairy around you as well, trying to catch up to you, and she's only 21. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, the video that I posted, people should, should should go onto my Facebook page to see this. I mean, your daughter is a cover girl, and here she was trying to play soccer with her red lipstick and long nails, and she is like, uh, oh, what do you call it, regal, personified, and she was just trying to run after me, trying to tackle me as a defender, and I knew that she had nothing And you guys me. ended up hugging on the field. We were <laughs> Teaching the kids what the game's all about, just love, hey? <laughs> we had fun, we had fun. But That's I'm proud to say that I scored three goals, you know. So I was Jesse, Jesse number 10, you know. I was playing way better than Messi. <coughs> <coughs> let's so, go there. Let's stick to the topic at hand. <laughs> Before Messi fans come after me, somebody better lock those security doors. <laughs> Okay, enough about soccer. No, Matthew's not listening. Oh, my boys at home are not going to be. Oh, happy my, with oh this. my boys! But and, I did score three goals. Messi hasn't scored this World Cup. Okay, let me continue. Okay, so raising conscious humans. Yes, something we should all aspire to. Absolutely. So you are a mother to 21 year old twins, yes. a boy and a girl. I don't want to call them a boy and a girl because I mean a they're adults now, now. A man and a woman now, mm. and 10 year old Jaden. He'll be 10 next month. Jaden. Jaden. Yes. Okay. Because his name is not your typical way of spelling Jaden. It starts with the Z. It's Z-J. Yes. It was quite a, a thing when he was born or on his way because I was, I was 36 when I was pregnant with him. His dad's a, a Croatian, Jalko Marinovic. And the twins wanted Jaden and daddy wanted a Croatian name. So we combined the two and the kids came up with a name. We all had him together. It was a, a family pregnancy from the minute he was conceived. I love that. And that's how Jaden Z J was 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 named. You're yeah. saying it a family pregnancy, but you, you know we end up with the stretch marks after all. You know, so I wouldn't give your family the rest of your family credit. You know. No, for sure. Then that's that's how we teach um, them to embrace the whole the whole plague of it. You you know, you know what I love about you and your family is that it's mm. it's, it's a non-conventional. You know, it's 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 your, it's not your typical generic uh, family. I mm. mean, I've seen how you interact with your offspring, mm. and how expressive and open they are to you. I get the feeling there's nothing taboo in your household. Like I get the feeling you you talk about anything and everything. Well, yeah. I mean, since the kids were little, I've taught them to express every side of themselves, every emotion. Um, I've taught them there's a dark side and a light side and a bright side. And I mean, as a mother, if, if you're not going to tell your children how absolutely incredibly wonderful and, and magnificent they are, who's going to tell them? So they've been brought up in a home where, where they are free 
They're able to bring anyone to the home. They're able to bring up any topics. I've taught other mothers over the years that when your children tell you stories that horrify you, just keep the, the, um, resting bitch face and act like it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, don't react to anything your kids tell you. You are their safe haven as their mother. Your kids don't come, come from you. They come through you and you their guard. And yeah, that's, that's how I've brought them up. So there is nothing really taboo in the home. Um, it's important for me to let my kids know that they can um, do anything they want to do, be anything they want to be, and just find that source within themselves as to who they are and give them the decision to to um, know if it's right or wrong. Um, they, they know that there's consequences to all their actions. Our life hasn't been perfect. We've had loads of uh, – I was wondering if I should, should bring in my – um, rucksack of traumas, but I'm not going to because that's not who I am. I've left them all behind. It's about looking forward and, and embracing every situation that you have in the home. And a lot of people think we're full of drama, but in my life and in the kids' lives and in Zolko's life, anything that happens is real. And no matter how big or small, we, we tackle it as a, as a five foot tripod table because <laughs> there's five of us. Um, so yeah, so whenever anyone's having an issue, we deal with it, we unpack it and we dust it off and we find solutions. And if anyone's having a joy or a, 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 an excellent moment in their lives, we celebrate it just as hard. So yeah, that's what life's about in my home. And I also love that you touched on, well, you touched briefly on the love languages, mm. but I want us to talk about love languages for kids. And how important it is as parents not to overlook or undermine them because kids do have feelings after all, right? Every single feeling is real, Sonia. Um, I, I grew up having to hide my, my emotions and my, my feelings. Um, I grew up with a lot of shame and guilt. And I remember as an 11, oh yeah, I must have been 11, saying to myself, geez, these adults really think we're dumb, or don't they? And I remember saying to myself that one day when you're an adult, just make sure you acknowledge the feelings of a child. And not wanting children and suddenly being bombarded with three fasty, incredible humans. Um, yeah, love languages is a very important thing for, for me in my home with my kids. Um, we say I love you all the time. Um, we're not allowed to use negative words like hate or so when, when negativity comes up, it's quite shocking in our home. I write them little love letters, put it in their bags. They put little alarms on my phone. Um, I just tell them what it is about them that I love. And you can't just tell someone you love them. You've got to give them reasons why. And when you say goodnight to them at night, tell them that you can't wait to see them, them the next morning. And the one big thing is when they walk into the house or to the car or when they haven't seen me for a few hours, the expression on your face should just show them how dear and wonderful and how excited you are to see them. And I try and treat everyone that way, not just my kids, because I think love is universal. It's, it's, it's your, your spirit. It's your, it's God's way of, of communicating with you through your soul. And with my kids, you know, it's just to reinforce that and we have happy songs and happy moments. I'm a creator and capturer of moments and moments of bliss. My, my drug of choice is laughter. So I will drive everyone insane in the house. They say, Mommy, you talk too much. You're so full of it. <laughs> Mommy, just shush. Must. They say I'm a bag of quotes. I speak in quotes. My walls full of quotes. And I just hope they subliminally uh, ingest because they have to. I mean, this is the one life we've got to live. I've experienced a lot of death, death in my life, which is why I'm a bereavement counselor as well. We're going to talk about that, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, life is short and, and it can end at any second and it's such a precious gift and they need to understand that. And, and I just wish more people could understand that and just embrace it. I see people walking around moping and it's just unnecessary. Yeah. So I've got a very happy, loving, wonderful home. I like the the word that you used, reinforce, mm. as opposed to a validation of some sort or affirm mm. the the love that you have for them. 
it's it's not really validation because you're not validating no, you your love for them. No, it's it's different, right? Love is energy. Love is 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 something we, we're human beings, not human human doings. I like that yes. human being, not human, not human doing. doings. So you, a lot of people will show their kids love when they do something right. You should love them just for being. And yeah, that, that, that's a, a big thing for me. I mean, just to sit and stare at them. I mean, they're, they're incredible. It's a miracle that they're here. And yeah, I live each day as if it is a miracle. I'm a bit much for too many people. <laughs> <laughs> I carry my heart on my sleeve you and do. I'm, I'm such a ball of energy and people misinterpret that for a lot of things. But for me, it's just pure love. I'd work from heart space, not from head space. Um, cause we've got all these little lawyers in our heads that tell us, sorry, but, um, you need to be protected and you start fighting the case and you, you, you listen to answer. So no, fire the lawyers, get rid of them and just plant <laughs> flowers in a garden in your head. My word. If, if, yes. on, if, 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 if only the previous show hosts heard you, uh, what they, say? They, they, they are all attorneys. So I don't think they like you right now. So it's just as well I did not introduce you to them oh, before the show. Oh, they'll love me anyway, yeah. Mm. That's work. I'm talking from heart space. Oh, okay. I hear mm. you. Okay, mm. so now the name travel porn. I mean, it's naughty. Oh, and, you're I, going and I'm there. sure it sparks <laughs> curiosity and controversy and all sorts of naughty things. Were you burning an incense stick or smoking the holy herb when you came up with such a name? Oh, I can't smoke the holy herb. I get the jitters. Um... Travel porn is a new concept and campaign that I've come up with within my business. Lack of places is my business. Um, I've been in tourism for 22 years. Started the, the company out of pure desperation to feed the kids. And um, being a, a destination marketing specialist for so many years, I've realized that travel is all about experiences. And running an info office and reservation office for 15 years in Michalisburg, in the village of Michalisburg, is where my kids were born, the two older ones. It's a beautiful part oh, of the world. It is beautiful. And uh, we're so blessed to have, have experienced that world. At the moment, the ballooning championships are taking place at Bill Harrop's. And yeah, I started the Michalis Meander um, many years ago with, with Stuart Brand from Mount Grace. Um, general manager of the Cradle of Humankind. So I've learned to understand tourism and what it is. And people are so f depressed or repressed nowadays. And, you know, do you want to go to a venue where you just see a, a bed and a plate of food? And having worked in the industry for so long and working with influencers and, and really good people who are talented, We've, we've all come to the new realization. People want to feel, smell, touch. You, we discovered recently that we have 21 senses, not five. And if you can just appeal to 11 of those senses, you've got a couple of minutes or no, it's actually a couple of seconds to make up your mind as to where you want to go. And in doing that, um, showcasing an experience as to what it is it's going to offer you, um, looking at the sumptuous food, looking at the glee on someone's face, looking at, you know, just the, the experiential side of, of marketing. And food porn, word porn, um, I'm, I'm a social media, um, no, I'm not going to say the word, um, but I, I, I love social media. I'm on it all the time. I manage many pages. And through Lacquer Places, it was about coming up with something lacquer, and um, on a flight with Bill Harrop balloon safaris, he, uh, there was a girl from British Airways and there were about 12 of us in the basket launching lacquer places. And she said, what is lacquer? And when we told her what lacquer was, by the end of the whiskey after the, 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 the porridge, <laughs> she was going, yo, this lacquer. And she said, can we use this on British Airways? I'm like, go for it, girl. But that's now we've moved from lacquer because that's a South African word. We're now entering travel porn and travel porn most people are going away to mend something, make love on a beautiful bed in a beautiful space, reignite passion, um, eat beautiful food that, that appeals to you, experience an experience where your adrenaline gets pumping. And yeah, that's what travel porn's about. I've owned, uh, we've, uh, we launched it a month ago and I've had one request where a guy asked me to send him a video. So he was blocked and deleted quite quickly. 
So yes, travel porn may be controversial <laughs> to some, but I've always been a bit of he- ahead of my time, and it's always it's it's sustained me and my little family. Um, I've got to encourage my clients and my guests and my hotels to catch up a little bit and get with the program. Traveling is about seduction, Sonia, and it's. I mean, do you go away to work unless it's a conference? Or do you go to have quality, meaningful time with your loved ones and your children? Hmm. And you say that in that sultry voice of yours. Yeah. No wonder the guy requested <laughs> naked pictures of you. It was a video. <laughs> a video, Nochal. Nochal, yeah. Oh, ah, the chutzpah, the, yeah. the nerve, the, the, well, the liver, the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so now your Instagram post resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You posted, she is at a place in her life where peace is her priority and negativity cannot exist. I cannot think of a better space to be in. Does this come with age, wisdom that is, or is it a case of life experiences forcing you to find and embrace that, and embrace that? Sonia, um, as a little girl, my whole life I felt like I didn't fit in. And um, I couldn't understand why. I'm a very, very spiritual person. I believe in God. And he's carried me through every process throughout my life. For the last 22 years, since the kids were in my tummy, I've been speaking in my inner voice, my God voice. When Matty was, I think, three or four, he said to me, Mommy, this voice in my head, who is it? Is it God talking to me? And I said, no, my boy, that's you. And um, coming from, a, like I said before, a place of shame and guilt because I come from a divorced home, um, having experienced lots of, of death in my life, um, it's important for me to have peace, okay? And peace does come with loads of experiences. It, it comes with you reaching rock bottom. I've reached rock bottom so many times in my life. And that's the time when I need to know this pain is here to teach me something. And pain is one of our biggest teachers. And yeah, when when you get to that point of pain and you can walk through it and get to the other side, that's where your spiritual awakening starts happening and all the, the lack of stuff starts coming out. And that's where you find who you really are because that's the purpose of being here. It's our higher purpose to find out who we are. And that's the purpose of life is, is to be exactly that. And it takes a lot of bravery and courage to tell your story. And I, I always tell people that like, get the hell out of your shadow and stand in your light and tell your story because it's going to be relevant to someone. And I started this in, in December, my Juanita's moments. And I've been reading angel cards to my kids and their friends for the last 18 years. And it's through God and the angels where I discovered that your authentic self is exactly who you need to be. And once you can love yourself and I practice self-love, I'm a self-love practitioner and I encourage that. And once you can love yourself, you can never, ever hurt yourself. You will nurture yourself. You will look after yourself. And if you can do that for yourself and... Other people start seeing that side of you. You eventually start seeing the beauty in other people. And once you see the beauty in other people, that's where world peace starts happening and peace around you. Because it's the judgment and it's worrying what other people think, which most of us suffer from. So that's the most important thing for me is, is self-love is, is the, the, the route to peace. And it's the, the anchor that will take us there and the bridge and, the, the answer to peace. You mentioned something very profound there, that when you love yourself, you will not put yourself in situations where you are, what's the word that I'm looking for, where, where you are belittled. Absolutely. Where you are not happy. Absolutely. Where you are abused and unappreciated. Absolutely. So it's got to do with mm. self-love. Self-love. Um, the greatest prison that we live in is, is, is the, the fear of what people think. And if you find yourself somewhere in between inspiring others, working on yourself, dodging negativity, slaying your goals, um, and just doing whatever it is that feels right, that 
um, takes you to your higher purpose and following that, that is where you will shift your circle and you will be with people where they, their creativity and wiser people and you'll start being in a space with people who inspire you and self love will, will not allow you to hurt yourself. If, if only I'd known that as a young girl, that to love myself first and not be so afraid of authority and afraid of my teachers and the headmaster and the older people in the family. And if only I'd, I'd just been given the gifts to know that I was bright and intelligent and beautiful enough inside, I would have always put myself first. But as mothers and as friends and, and children, we, we try and please the world around us. And that's where failure starts setting in. So once self-love is the answer to everything for me, and I'm on a quest, I'm a warrior of, of, of self-love. Um, and to, yeah, that's why my kids are so confident and my daughter's had so much experience as a 21 year old. My son is one of the better sales agents selling houses. <laughs> His clients love him. He sits and has cook sisters and tea and he's got so many friends in the area where we live. Because as a little boy, I didn't know what he would ever do for a living. He's like his mom. He loves people and he loves talking and socializing. And then my, my gift was born, my little present, Jaden. He's the one who keeps me in the present. And he's the one that's asked me the riveting questions, the, the questions that I can't answer, which is, has been <laughs> quite challenging for me in my life. So, yes, they all have self-love. And, yeah, that's all I instill in my children. And, I mean... We cannot talk about self-love without mentioning vanity, narcissism. What's the difference? Where's the fine line? You see, vanity is where ego comes in. And the minute you're working from an ego space, you, you're not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of how you can impress others. The only person you need to do is impress yourself. Vanity is is not a healthy way to be, but it's worrying what other people think because who you vain for. Self-love is nurturing your skin, your hair, your body, your day, how your day is going to pan out. Um, people will say things to you in your life that will help you make nasty decisions about who you are. Um Someone will say you frumpy or when you're going to have children. And those we must be so careful with the power of our word because whatever comes out of our mouths, actually it can be so harmful. I call them little spells. I mean, you can cast a spell on someone without even knowing. Um, many teachers back in the day used to do that to the kids, humiliation. Um, and it's so unfair because those are the words that, that damage a person. And that's where you make a decision, or oh, I can never speak in public because I've made a mistake reading in front of a class. Or, you know, there's so many examples of, of that. And they can be the smallest, most in, inconsequential um, topics. And it can affect someone forever. So, yeah, and I, I don't uh, feel that vanity is is a big thing in our lives. How you look, this is me, this is who I am. Um once they're self-love, it doesn't matter what other people think. And, um, yeah, that's the difference for me between self-love and vanity and narcissism. There shouldn't be space for that. And if more people, I mean, we, we've, we've been encouraging our school, um, to do meditation in the afternoons, mindfulness, uh, with the kids instead of, um, uh, punishing them. I mean, to be more present and to be here in the moment. And uh, once you're doing that, it's just all about nurturing the soul. And nurturing the soul is everything. And that's where self-love should just conquer vanity and kick it out the door. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I love how you've uh, fused all of that that you, that you do as a, um, as a, as a, as a what, what do you call it, self-love mentor. And you're mm -hmm. also a grief Counselor, so have you put all of those under your sacred uh, sacred energy exchange uh, platform, for lack of a better word? Because yes. they all intertwine, right? It and, is and there's all no separating one from the other. Absolutely. Um, you know, when when there's grief, there's pain, um, 
and then you get the different stages of grief. You get anger. And the the deal for me is not to lash out that anger onto other people. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to, to cry and it's okay to grieve. My mom passed away four years ago and I really didn't expect her to pass away at 59, a big shock in front of my, my three kids and Zalco. Zalco tried to save her for, for 40 minutes and she was healthy, tiny, little, skinny, five foot two, giant. Very young. 59, so very young. young. So, so full young. of love. Um, and her love language was food, which is where Ellie got it from. And um, she used to arrive at the house and I used to hear the packets and there would be food for everyone, whoever, everyone's favorites twice a, a week. So that's probably why I miss her as well. But her experience in life was just to be her, her favorite saying in the world was, I just want everyone to be happy. And only after she died did I realize I wasn't going to be able to show her how happy I am and what a good mom I am and look at me and it was a little bit too late and her death hit me quite hard and um, yeah that's where depression comes in and my kids and my family gave me the space we held space for, for, for that period of sadness and mourning and I, I did a hospice um, grie- grieving um, uh, bereavement course many many years ago in Michalisburg and yeah, it's just there's there's beautiful steps to take, and if you deal with everything with pure love and non-judgment and hold space for people, um, you you can heal anything, absolutely anything. And a lot of people, when they don't deal with their emotions, Sonia, it can manifest into some nasty things, can manifest into a thing I call disease, which is diseases. Um, so forgiveness and just all of that, once you, you, you can kill that side of, of a person, the diseases will go away. So I work very closely with the teaching of a woman called Louise Hay, where your, your thought process and what you're thinking metaphysically, they, they, um, are, are, are manifested. And I've brought my kids up on affirmations and affirmations and, Beautiful phrases to to heal different parts of their bodies to get rid of disease, yeah. And belief systems. I mean, beliefs are are just thoughts you put into people's heads, and they're not real. So it's constantly about me reprogramming people's brains subliminally and telling them how beautiful they are and how loved they are and how whole they are and how welcome they are. So yeah, that's that's a, a, a bit about the whole grief thing. Um, the love languages, affirmation, quality, time, understanding everyone's love languages, whether they love to receive gifts. Poor Zolko, he he is the one person. If he takes the kids to school, does the shopping, or cooks dinner, then boy, he's the most loved man on the planet. But if he brings me flowers, on he hit him over the head for wasting money. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not an, an I'm an acts of service person. So if even Jaden knows if he wants to make mommy happy, he makes his own bed. Um, so I live with three Virgos and a, a Leo um, cuss baby. So yeah, acts of service. They all know they must keep the house tidy for mommy because then it's a loving environment <laughs> and mommy's happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, the, some of them are, are physical touch people, so they need to be touched. So yeah. Uh, people need to go and find out what their family's love languages are and speak more of that. And then you'd have a very happy home, right? Not always. You've got tools. Well, well, were you not (laughs) wanting to kill each other? That's, that's, that's. Well, we do box sometimes, but then we go outside and we do it with pillows. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Mm. All right. So now, because I mean, you, you know, as a grief counselor, I remember one of the, one of your posts because you, you post a lot. Do you? (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. But of all your posts, I mean, as a, as a grief counselor, this one, this one got my attention. All of them did, Mm. but this one stood out. It read, I felt like I had died too. And they, just forgot to bury me. That's hmm. heavy. Yeah, I'm a bit of an emo. That's heavy. It is heavy. Um, you know what? Depression for me at the time when my mom passed away was it was 
a lot of people suffer from depression and I'm not going to run away from it. I mean, a, a, a lot of people misunderstand depression with repression. A lot of people are just repressed. They've lost their voice. They need to just tell their mother or, or, or father or whoever it is in their lives that shouldn't be there, like bugger off and get the, the hell out of here. That's also okay. Learn to say no. And find your voice and say no. Depression is something else. Depression is something that takes you to, to very sad places. It takes you into a deep, dark hole. It takes you almost to a place where you feel you can't come back from, that there is no hope. Um, it takes you to, to the depths of, of absolute misery where eating and functioning as a human is just almost impossible. And so many people suffer from this and I have found through my own teaching and forcing myself because I, I had this beautiful family supporting me and watching me when I was in that dark space that I needed to dig deeper depression is is life's way of telling you chick now you've got to start doing the work go and find out where that sadness is is coming from and dig deeper and find parts of yourself that will get you through this very, very dark space and place and ask for help. I asked for help. I, I suddenly started doing what I wanted to do and doing TED Talks. I'm a self-help freak, um, reading books. And you will find something, something eventually that will resonate. When there's resonance and you understand what it is that is hurting you and where your pain comes from. What was the pain cause? I mean, what, what, what caused that, that dark space for you to be in? And I mean, you almost want to end your life, but you're not going to commit suicide. And I, I don't want to go there because a lot of people are, are so strong. That's the one option that they have. Um, and I feel it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that. It's not a way out for me. And it's sad because you leave so much despair behind. But grief can be a very, very debilitating process. And it's to work through that grief. And it's consuming. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I came across uh, a post uh, not, not, not so long ago. I mean, when you talk about despair, you know, you often hear of people saying there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember someone's response was, what if I don't even believe or know that there is a tunnel in the first place? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's, that's the level of despair mm. or that's how deep in the dark mm. that person would have been mm. for them not only to believe that there will be the light at the end of that tunnel, but to actually believe or th ask you, what if there's no tunnel? Mm. Profound, right? Extremely profound. Um, yeah. So many people are, are stuck in that space. And uh, I always think sometimes the light could be a train. I, I read a post last night that made me... It, oh, it was hysterical. Adul adulthood is like um, jumping on a trampoline when you're little. And you know when you fall over and no one wants you to get back up? That's like adulthood when everyone's jumping and keeping you down there. Um, beliefs, beliefs are all false. And, you know, if you want to change, and I prayed for change, and I prayed for guidance, and I learned to trust myself. I prayed for happiness, and I realized that I'm not my ego. I prayed for peace, and I learned to accept others unconditionally. And... Yeah, I mean, if someone's in such a bad way, they have to know there are places. And we need as as mothers to teach friends and people we know ever comes into our lives that there are people that are out there that will help and can assist. Yeah, and that's what I do with my angel cards. Mm. And I mean, your 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 other post as well, um, which was your, for me, it was like a response to my last week's show where Lerato and I were discussing education, unemployment, and what it really meant to be overqualified. And in your words, you say, uh, you, you said that many years of education, yet nobody ever taught us how to love ourselves and why it's so important. You went on to refer to AQ. What was that adaptability quotient or additional qualification course? No adaptability quotient. Um, there's IQ, there's EQ, yes. and there's AQ. 
Now, my children have extremely high EQ, which is your emotional in- intelligence. The AQ, you know, it, we, we're moving at such a fast pace, Sonia, and we need to keep up with that. It's the adapt, the adaptability that we need to enforce in our kids, um, that things are going to change all the time. If you're in the present moment and you accept the present moment for what it is, do what you love, do it with self-love, and whatever comes your way, have the tools to cope with that and follow your own purpose because we all have our own passion and purpose. Find what it is that, that tickles your fancy, that gets your your um, your adrenaline pumping and gets you going. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's it's to adapt to any situation that comes your way because you could be knocking on so many doors that won't open and w- when something comes along, it's usually you're not even asking for it. I mean, I came home from a friend's birthday and Sonia said, you're going to be on my show on Sunday. I was like, ah. <laughs> so these sort of beautiful blessings, it's it's just when you emit such amazing feelings and just know that life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm, I love that. Mm. Now, Going back again to you being a grief counselor, I mean, do you, you uh, do you ever get to a point where you are consumed by other people's pain, despair, sorrow, and how do you uh, find a way not to allow it, you know, to to consume you? Be, bearing in mind that you also have a household. That you are responsible for So how are you able to uh, Block The professional grief Counselor And taking your work home And, and you work from home So I mean mm-hmm. it, that, that's not the point But the point is that how you How do you how do you separate or Where do you draw the line or how do you find A way to not Inhale All of that negativity and 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 let allow it to weigh you down and then you in 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 a, in a strange way you end up burdening your family or those closest to you with those problems that you would have encountered in trying to help somebody else you see it requires a lot of 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 focus um the the grief counseling is is just something that comes so naturally to me i am a very open loving person people always come up to me and I, I, I'm a big hugger and I am a comforter I'm a nurturer so it's all natural and I understand the pain and it's 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 just something that in life that I've been blessed with I suppose I do invoke a lot of protection around me I pray to God and I have Archangel Michael and my angels and I have my little um, my cross around my neck And I've got my Omsan earrings And I, I go into battle <laughs> With my red lipstick But you know what It's about comforting someone And giving them the tools So it actually feeds my soul It doesn't drain me I make sure that the time and space Is right for me And uh, I, I give them Tools to walk away with To be able to to feel better about themselves And I take it quite seriously I mean a lot of people come and see me Without even having grief They've lost a part of themselves Or they've experiencing pain Or they're feeling stuck in life And I, I just connect to spirit with God And through my, my soul And I, I'm able to assist people To to see parts of themselves And reflect Because we're all about projection At the end of the day Sorry Zalks I said it Yes, when I, he says, are you projecting again? <laughs> I'm not projecting. So we have this, these, these very funny conversations. So it's all about, um, just giving that person comfort with the right tools and then about grounding myself, raising my own vibration afterwards. We, we do a little smudging prayer around the house and whether it works or not, it doesn't matter. It makes us feel good. Um, we, we, we light incense and we say prayers and we've got a gratitude box and we, we send each other beautiful thoughts and messages. So when you've got all of the tools 
of living a, a, a whole beautiful life. I mean, a lot of people will come into my home and try and leave their baggage there and we've got to deal with it. And it, it does mess that, us up that, as a exactly family. That's exactly what I was talking it about. Does, it does happen. And we watch out for each other and we look and we trust each other because I brought my kids up to trust their tummy compass. That's one of the modalities that I've taught them. It's the most simplest, silliest little tool. How do you teach a four-year-old how to trust their intuition? Because that is all you have to go by. Your soul speaks to you through your intuition. So we have the tummy compass. That's the first thing on my wall in my dining room wall. Um, Trust your tummy compass. It's a little clock that's in your tummy, and it's got two arrows, sharp points, when it points up and pricks your heart, butterflies fly out and makes you feel all light and fluffy. When it points down, it pulls your heart down and makes you feel heavy. So when you ask a question, whether do I play hockey or tennis or um, any decision your child has to make, they need to plug into their tummy compass and intuition. So they do that by doing a, taking a few breaths into tummy and they ask the question and then they feel. And they ask the question again. And that is listening to your soul guiding you into the right direction. And Jaden is nine and he's the most intuitive little boy. His tummy compass has got him through so many situations. Even on the soccer field, do I pick this little boy up I've just rugby tackled? Or do I go for the, the score? You know what I'm saying? And when you start trusting your intuition, so as a family, we've got an extremely high level of intuition. So if someone does come into the home, we realize, okay, here's the lesson one of us have to learn. And we nurture it and we understand it. And they sometimes leave their baggage there. But they normally leave with their tail between their legs if their intention <laughs> is not pure. Yeah. Because we see people with pure intention. And... Yeah, we do get taken advantage of, but they leave pretty quickly and then we stand strong again as a, as a, as our, our five tripod. <laughs> sure. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that, that's a, oh, there, there's your, should I, should I call him other half? Better <laughs> My half. better half. Better half. <laughs> oh, he, he, so, so he missed that part where you, you, you said something that, um, he wouldn't have liked you to, to say. So I think you're safe unless he's going to listen to the podcast later. So now, I want your opinion on mm. this. The life you live right now is yes. the life you deserve. Yes. What is your opinion on that? Um, the life I deserve is one of, of extreme wealth and extreme. I need to be on a yacht right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't I say have, no to a yacht. I have, I have dreams and goals and my friends, when we, we, when Marisha's taking photos on the beach with our eyes and we, that's how we take photos to capture moments when we don't have, I have a charger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we run in slow motion and take photos of each other. Um, yeah, the life you live is the life you deserve. No, not at all. The life you deserve is one full of love. It's full of joy. It's full of bliss. Life is about finding your own bliss. Life is about learning more about yourself, who you are. There's so many layers and people get stuck in neural pathways. Your, your brain is like a garden path filled with little lawyers. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> Your brain is like a garden path and the paths you walk all the time are the paths that continue to just happen. We have the same thought processes over and over and over again and those paths start getting worn and they become these big divots that you can't get out of. So to create new neural pathways and new thought processes, you've got to go out and meet new people, have new experiences, learn new languages. I can't learn a language for for love of money but i try <laughs> oh you know love language yeah. i mean well that's a language it, it counts does, it, it does. counts yeah so it's it's just about getting off your butt deciding do i want to change do i want to learn new new things um i, I went to a book launch a year ago john sinai um he he Put so many new ideas in my head and told me that I don't have to worry about the future anymore. And just the little things that he, he wrote with his book, Watch Your Moonshot, 
changed my life in an instant because I th- they, he said transport's going to be cheaper, houses are going to be printed with 3D printers, all sorts of things. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, Zalka, I took him for the first time in 13 years to a, a, a mind quest course in um, December or November. And that night, the penny just dropped. He closed his printing business and started doing alchemy tattoos to heal people with symbols on their bodies. And he, he's, he's the most exquisite tattoo artist. It was a natural ability and gift, but you need the, the courage and the bravery and you need to know that the universe is behind you, conspiring for you to succeed. And yeah, I mean, the, the signs of spiritual awakening, they just start happening and the tenses, the tendency to make them happen is you, you, you just follow your dreams and your heart space. Forget about the head. The head is here to play games with you. Hmm. Finished. So you deserve a better life always. So now as an, as an angel cut reader, I mean, do you do it just for your family or can people come to you? Oh, no, no, no. I do a three-hour session. I charge 800 rand for a three-hour session, and I get to know the person. I, I, I sit and I listen to them. We work together, and I've got so many different avenues I can take you on in, in that session. And it's about healing their businesses, healing their brands, healing their hearts, Um I, I encompass all these modalities that I've learned, breath work, meditation, everything that we need to get through the, the course. And Zalka and I have combined our angel card readings and our tattooing or his tattooing. And we run lacquer places and we do travel porn. So our lives are so busy. We're like rock stars. But meet, we meet the most incredible people. And that's what life's about is meeting people you can share your joy and bliss with. And you can see the real ones with pure intention. I don't know why you were so nervous to come on the show. I don't know either. I haven't even looked at my notes. (laughs) The hour's up. The hour's up. You're kidding. You, you, you did incredibly well. And Mm. I'm, 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 I'm honored to know you and to have you in my life because you are, you are an incredible human being. I can't mean to spoil your mascara now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't spoil it in, in that beautiful red lipstick of yours. You, you are an exceptional human being. And, um, we're going to do a part two of that show, uh, of this show because you, you mentioned something, uh, profound. I mean, you, you say a lot of profound things. You're a woman filled with wisdom. And that's why I invited you on this show because there's a lot that one can learn. It was an enlightenment and education. And I am so happy you said yes. Thank you so much for I'm embracing so, me so with humbled, your presence. Sonia. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are incredible. You are incredible human Well, being. that just shows you what an amazing person you are because what you see in others is just manifested in front of you. So you are the beautiful, oh, humble, beautiful person. I'll take that. Person. Thank you very much. Yes. I'll t- normally, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very easy. modest person. It's but not today- easy for people to say love or thank you or see the beauty in others and you do. And that's why we friends. Oh, okay. I never saw it that way. Mm. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> My humble opinion in I'm the gonna words. I'm going to rugby tackle you afterwards. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing soccer. I'm not playing against you anymore because you My don't know the difference. Be next time. You don't know the crutches. difference between rugby and soccer. <laughs> And therefore I will not play soccer with you again Or if I do I'm not only going to wear shin pads But I'm going to dress up like a you hockey goalkeeper You should be in my team You know that mm. yes. Can you afford me to be on your Absolutely. team Because I charge Messi Okay, I, 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 I promise can, not to I mention Messi um, Ronaldo, I charge Ronaldo <laughs> prices You know, My signing on oh, fee Thank you so much for this beautiful Beautiful experience My humble opinion after all, this is the opinion booth, but these are in the words of Ram Das. As we grow in our consciousness, there will be more compassion and more love. And then the barriers between people, between religions, between nations will begin to fall. Yes, we have to beat down the separateness. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.